Welcome to a special episode of Opening the Heart. I'm your guide, Julie Stratton. I'm calling this Living Out Loud. And this is the first of four podcasts dedicated to the North Idaho Pride Alliance, which I'm very honored to sit on the board of directors for and also to be a part of. Sadly, due to COVID-19, we had to cancel our annual Pride in the Park celebration. But a big shout out to our Rainbow Squad organizing committee for charging ahead no matter what and creating an incredible virtual Pride Month of new and exciting content that will be accessible to folks across this region. And opening the heart is just a small part of that celebration. June is LGBTQ Pride Month. This is a month when we remember those brave elders who have gone before us to pave the way. We also remember those who have given their lives or their lives were taken from them because of who they loved and how they identified. In June, we also celebrate the victories and milestones of our community, the uniqueness, the vibrancy, and just the sheer joy we share. We celebrate who we are and our powerful truth. As part of that celebration, today my guest is a very dear friend of mine and one of those people who definitely helped pave the way for the LGBT community in North Idaho. So I'm really, really pleased to welcome Kathy Colton to the show today. So glad that you could make time out of your schedule to um, hang out with me for a little bit this morning. I can't believe it has been six years since I met you. It's been six years since our very first Pride in the Park. And I remember it so vividly. I was terrified. <laughs> we put up a little two, two foot by three foot rainbow flag. And I was, I was, I was really afraid. I didn't know what kind of response we would have, but it went wonderfully. And I remember before that, someone told me, you need to, to find this person. You need to look up Kathy Colton and you need to know her and you need to get her her involved with um, what we're doing with uh, PFLAG at that time and now the North Idaho Pride Alliance and really just kind of everything LGBT again. Um, and so who knew six years later, we would be celebrating our sixth Pride Month together and that mm -hmm. we would be hanging out, we'd be camping buddies, we'd be sisters, we'd be family. You are very precious to me and in my inner circle and I appreciate you so much. So thanks to the Pride Alliance and whoever suggested that I get to know you. I'm very appreciative. So today on this episode of Opening the Heart, is it's dedicated to the North Idaho Pride Alliance um, and I've titled it Living Out Loud because I think that's part of what we do here, but it's also part of what we struggle with here. Um, and six years later, I guess I'm just curious to hear from you. What has changed? What has it been like for you to go from living here for quite a while and seeing the changing LGBT community in, in your own life and in a greater community sense? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for including me in this part of the event for Pride Week and for recognizing the importance of what what we all do um, in community. It's <laughs> It's been a long journey. 30 years ago when I moved here, I kind of freaked out and went, oh my God, I stepped back in time. And... Uh, I didn't think I would survive it. And I know over our conversations, even with you, that when you first arrived here, you had very similar feelings about, oh my God, where have I gone? 
and uh, how come I'm here, and what's the purpose? And and many years ago, thirty years ago, I started the roller coaster of wanting to build community and finding like-minded people and finding people in the community that were friendly, uh, open-minded, um, not necessarily Democrat or Republican. That was never, I mean, I, I, I was more concerned about just meeting people that um, could share similar values. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we did that roller coaster over the course of the early years, I was here as a struggle to hang on to a peace flag, hang on to, um, community, uh, because of the fear factor that existed here among the, um, gay people, you know, lesbians, transgender which we probably didn't even know existed in this environment because everybody was so closeted. Mm-hmm. And trying to invite those people out into the world, into safe space to gather or to connect was very difficult. And um, I remember the first time I did anything, it, it, um, it I put flyers out, kind of like you hanging the rainbow flag out. Mm -hmm. I put flyers on people's cars thinking that would be an okay thing to do, (laughs) you know, inviting people to an event that was um, geared for uh, a safe place to gather Mm -hmm. and being very careful with my language um, on that to incorporate, you know, openness, but attract other gay gay people or lesbians at that time in the community to feel safe and come out and see a concert or or have a dance or whatever. Mm-hmm. And after several years, I, of course, reached burnout and um, many years later tried again up in Sandpoint, kind of got involved up in, in Sandpoint for their peace leg, did some fundraisers up there, and again, it fell. And then this great person, uh, Julie Stratton moves into the community and, 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 you know, reaches out to me and I'm like, absolutely I'm game because (laughs) I'm a, either a glutton for punishment or just really, um, uh, have a personal desire to continue to build community and to continue raise awareness and embrace diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, you, you know, you have that magnetism, Kathy, honestly, you have that magnetism of warmth and compassion and just an open heart. And when I talk about, you know, opening the heart and living from your truth, that's all I've known of you. And so it's a very easy um, experience to walk into with you. And I, I do share your appreciation of the struggles of starting and then it not being supported. And I think we, you know, that's one of our challenges still today as we go through that, that we we want to create space and we want to create an atmosphere for everyone to come out and feel safe. And I think we do that with Pride in the Park. But throughout the year, it's difficult for um, us to sustain that even now. And so I, I definitely appreciate what you're talking about with that. And w- what were some of the yeah. other, you know, challenges you personally faced through that time? 
Well, before I touch on that a little bit, I want to also say some of the other positives that have happened is my experience with getting to um, work on the Unity and the Community Dinner, which uh, being a chef my whole life was a so easy kind of thing to give. Um, and, you know, because knowing food so much, I can just wing it and make it happen and uh, be in my comfort zone with a chef coat on and mm-hmm. and serve in the community in that way. Some folks out there who don't know what the Unity in the Community Dinner is, but um, that was an event that we did, I believe, three years running, three years in a row. We took last year off, um, and it was actually the brainchild of my mother, who was a huge supporter of the uh, North Idaho Pride Alliance. She was a founding secretary. She was also my biggest, my biggest supporter and biggest fan and cheerleader. But she, she thought it would be really cool just to have a dinner that we could bring as many people together as possible. And magic happens in the kitchen. And that's what I grew up with. And I know, Kathy, that's what you believe. It definitely happens in the kitchen. And that's what she was about was her love language was food and was serving others. And so I said, okay, well, if you figure out the food part, I'll figure out the rest. And I'll, you know, I'll be your, your legs and your, um, your breath and your energy. And so, again, reaching out to you was the first person um, for me to contact. And your excitement, enthusiasm, and expertise um, we put that first one on and it was beautiful. We had tables full. Our mayor, Steve Widmeyer, was one of our head servers. And you know, I still remember people saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe that the mayor just served me dinner. And that's the kind of community building you're yeah. talking about. That's the Correct. kind of community building that I believe in and that I think has influenced um, what we do. Yes, it brought so many other people out of the community. You know, not, not, it wasn't targeted just at our LGBTQ community. It was targeted to anybody, uh, so that you could reach across the, the aisle, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, to different people so they could see, hopefully, what kind of people we are or to share that whole experience of building community and building bridges. Exactly. That's and having Steve there, Steve Widmeyer was incredible, and having him at Pride in the Park has always been incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've never lived in the closet. I came out in '77, and I in Minneapolis was pretty much where I came out. I left Spokane and went there, and it was already a happening thing. Uh, gay pride and community and take back the night marches and anti-nuclear thing and all these different activities that I participated in. Um, uh, I guess, and then when, like I said earlier, moving back here was like stepping back 20 years. And so with that said, um, early on, I was also, I'm a mother, I have a daughter and um, I decided to leave her alone when she was a senior in high school to, or excuse me, a junior in high school with a friend and, um, figured she was old enough. And I took off, uh, for the coast to go to Tacoma, Puyallup area for the Tulip Festival kind of a thing. And while I was away, um, our, my home was attacked. Luckily, nothing happened. Um, 
but there was a pipe bomb blown up on the corner, and there was a phone call of threatening uh, content to that fact three times to my home while my daughter was there by herself with a friend. And uh, when I had arrived uh, in Puyallup, I was busy. So that happened at about 11 o'clock at night. I was already in bed over there, had been out and about with my family. Um, And the phone rang, and my daughter told me what had happened and that the police had been to the house. And so I couldn't drive back at that moment. I left at 6 o'clock in the morning and drove directly home. And I believe to this day, and back then that was probably 92-ish, 93-ish, um, the Aryans, which were had an encampment here in Hayden, uh, had threatened my home. And uh, there was no proof. The police called it a coincidence. Um, however, the pipe bomb fragments were still all over the corner, and no evidence was ever taken. It scared my whole neighborhood. I had never come out to my neighborhood. I then had to come out to my neighborhood, uh, of which they became very supportive and strong, strong advocates for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even when, when they would have the Aryan marches downtown, um, or their parades or whatever you want to call it, they would want to go down and scream and yell. And I'd say, you can't, you cannot go down there. Giving them attention is a bad thing. And, uh, but it was great. That was how I introduced myself to my my neighborhood was through a violent act that happened at my home that was heard for a quarter of a mile and uh, um no one was hurt but my neighbors told me they had all their children laying face down on the floor in their home yeah and so it made me very angry and like I said, I've never lived in the closet, and I certainly did not go back in. Right. I was afraid, but I knew the importance of staying visible, and it made me stronger. It made me um, vigilant in paying attention to who is where and where they are and where their flags are and um, to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know they're all around, um, especially today. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, if I stay, had stayed focused on that to, to the degree that some people are, um, it would have destroyed my ability to share my experience of music my experience of community building, my experience of, you know, being accepting of others. Um, and I, when, when I worked at the resort, another short piece of this was that I worked with two Aryans, um, and they had swastikas on their arms and, um, I would, I, one of my jobs at the resort was to feed all the employees. And, 
one day when I was finished feeding everyone and this person was sitting in the break room and I went and I sat with him and I said, why, why does your belief system incite you to want to harm people that are different than you? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I've never harmed anybody personally. Well, I understand that, but, and I know you have your rights to your belief system, but isn't there a way you can have your belief system and allow other people to have their belief system as well mm-hmm. and not cause harm? Mm-hmm. And he couldn't respond to me, but he he became a friend by me feeding him every day. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Three and a half years ago, um, I had a stroke and retired from my job, uh, which was not at the resort, but I was on my way down to see the executive chef of the resort, and here was that person who was an Aryan, and I walked by him, and he was in the middle of doing landscaping projects with three big headphones on and a chainsaw. and. Mm-hmm his work clothes Mm -hmm. and he saw me and he took his headphones off that is chainsaw down and said Kathy Colton oh my god it's been so long (laughs) since I've seen you how are you and gave me a hug yeah and that's what building community does and that's what reaching across the aisle does is that you you are able to see people for who they are in their heart. Right. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in changing the world uh, one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've heard many, many people say that over the years, you know, and it, I think it works. Can you then think forward to about, what, three or four years ago, we marched in the 4th of July parade with a flag that was half a block long. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, absolutely. And, that uh, was so much fun. Bishop Pat Bell from the Episcopal Church uh, was in the front with you and other friends um, and your your wife. And um, it was absolutely beautiful and then at the end and around the sides we had our youth our young community and we had our trans community and we had every flag we could find representing our beautiful spectrum and our beautiful rainbow that is the lgbtq plus community you know we were met with a lot of love but we were also met with some not so favorable you know finger gestures and bibles being shaken at us but the overwhelming response of people who clapped and cheered and showed us love is exactly what you're talking about when people come together and i believe it yes. was also not long after the pulse night sh- uh nightclub shooting and so um even if people didn't like that we were there at least they held their their tongues and their hate or dis- discomfort to themselves and allowed us that time to just really be a part of a greater community. That really is what the North Idaho Pride Alliance was designed for. That's the vision of it was just wherever I go as a, and I use the term queer just to encompass this greater sense of gender and sexuality, wherever I go, I want to feel like I belong as part of the community. 
And that was the vision of the Pride Alliance was to be able to create those those relationships in the community, our own safe spaces, but then be able to go anywhere and have people aware and educated and um, embracing just the diversity that does exist. We're chipping away at that. And I don't think we're going anywhere. We're here to stay. Um, but we do Absolutely. need community to continue. We need the queer community to continue to show up and to step up and be involved and even have just a voice through um, you know, our Facebook or through this podcast. I'm, I'm excited to interview some more community members and, and allow them to share their stories. I want to ask you this last question as we close out the last few minutes. But what do you think the greatest gift you've been given being a part of the North Idaho Pride Alliance community? I guess what I would say is how it has grown uh, small it has been, keeping in mind that I came from uh, marching in Spokane with 50 people Mm -hmm. uh, 26, 27 years ago, um, and some of those people wearing bags on their heads in Spokane, to never imagining any moment in my life that we would ever have the community that we have here today or even the ability to get married and to watch the young people coming behind feel like the work however small or insignificant it has been that I have done personally uh, in the big picture it was one big one piece of a very big puzzle Mm-hmm. And so when I sit at these meetings sometimes, and I'm grateful to be able to turn over, turn it over to them that are willing to step in and keep it moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I guess I feel like because this is a young, young purple, a young person's world now, um, it's their world. Uh, that they're going into. Mm-hmm. So they are now taking taking up the tools and the baskets and, and the visions and moving forward with their own ideas. So that's a gift to me because I feel like, not that I can stop, but now I feel like the, how would you say, the um, the baseline's been set or the the groundwork has been laid, or at least I'm hopeful that it has been, and that it'll continue to change, it'll continue to grow. Um, people feel safer about being in our community, mm-hmm. um, and people feel, that that's a gift to me. Mm-hmm. It, it do, it's not anything specific, it's more like because it's still happening, right. and there's such a desire, and there's such a, a need Right. for people to connect. So I think that's a, a perfect way for us to wrap up this episode. Mm-hmm. My friend, thank you so much for your time and willingness to share uh, who you are and to open your heart with your story. And it's a ripple effect. We are simply, each one of us is a drop in a big pond that creates a ripple effect of change, a ripple effect of hope. And it all starts with opening our hearts to each other and sharing those stories. And so this has yeah. been our very first episode whoop, whoop, 
of uh, my personal podcast, Opening the Heart, with a very special tribute to the North Idaho Pride Alliance, and I'm titling these next four Living Out Loud and, and really living our truth in, in, in our own authenticity. So uh, my friend, I love you. I cherish you. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and being a part once again of um, the North Idaho Pride Alliance Pride Month celebration. I look forward to seeing you very soon. Thank you so much, Julie, for inviting me.